When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The 10th time they've made it! They've won a playoff campaign! And they've done it at Wembley! And for the first time in 74 years, Brentford will play in the top flight of English football! Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Elam Road podcast, where on tonight's Bite Size show, we're going to be discussing Ivan Tony's return to football on Saturday night when Brentford host Forest under the lights at the GTEC. Just before we get going, if you haven't already checked out our last episode in which we preview the Forest game itself with athletic writer and Forest fan Nick Miller, please go do so now. That episode is live across all platforms. Players to look out for, Nuno, possible points deductions, all discussed. So please go and have a listen to that before the game on Saturday. Tonight, though, I'm delighted to be joined by assistant editor at The Mirror and also the man that interviewed Ivan Tony a couple of weeks ago for Sky Sports, Darren Lewis. Darren, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. Hope you're doing well. Pleasure. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure. Lovely. Let's just crack straight on with this, Darren. Obviously, it was a big interview, not the first one that Ivan has done since his ban, but definitely, I think, the most telling in terms of where he is at with his football, with the January transfer window, and obviously England was discussed as well. Having, Having done the interview, what were your initial takeaways after leaving? I think he's really ready to come back and make a statement. I, I think he comes across as very hungry. He talked about wanting to be to repay the faith of Brentford and Thomas Frank in particular. I think what's quite interesting is that there will be a lot of talk around, well, he's still interested if a big club were to come along in 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 going if the money is right and we can never really be sure about what happens in a scenario like that with a big player because there is an argument for saying that it would leave Brentford in a win-win situation because if somebody is willing to play nine, pay nine figures for a guy that you bought from Peterborough uh, what three years ago two years ago then the he would have done Brentford a huge favour but in the context of wanting to help Brentford out of the position that they find themselves in to repay back that loyalty that's what I got from him somebody who's really focused and ready and hungry to hit the ground running at the weekend against Forest. I think uh, that there was a line in the interview that came out yesterday that I do want to touch on because I know that it's rubbed Brentford fans up the wrong way. I don't know if you if you'd heard it, but but first first I want to talk about I was actually listening to Talksport the other day and Simon Jordan and Jim White were talking about Ivan Tony. Obviously Simon Jordan's quite a divisive figure in terms of his football opinion opinions, have kind of a love-hate relationship with him in terms of his football opinions. But they were kind of saying about how when Brentford first came up into the Premier League, I think Ivan Tony only scored 14 goals and maybe some journalists were saying that he looked a little bit awkward, didn't quite take to the Premier League as easily as you would have expected a striker who scored 30 goals in the Championship. But last season in particular, I think they've been proved quite spectacularly wrong. 
and he, and he talks about how Ivan Tony is a, is a proper footballer. And I think as someone who watches, who watched him play every week last season, you can, you can just tell in terms of his first touch, his passing range, the way he commands and leads that front line. For you, what, what, kind, of talk, what kind of player are we talking about in terms of Ivan Tony and his quality? Well, I think you're talking about a penalty box player, um, somebody who is in the right place at the right time. You look at the calibre of the clubs that he scored against uh, last season, um, or yeah, last season, 2021-22. Um, and he, they're top six clubs, uh, Villa, Newcastle, um, Manchester United. Uh, I, I think as far as he's concerned, he does have that capability to give you aerial power. Uh, he does have that positional sense to be able to convert the kind of chances that come across a six-yard box. He is a very strong physical striker, but he isn't one-dimensional. He's somebody who can press, as he said in the interview. He is somebody who sees the big picture and that brings other people into the play. And I think as far as he is concerned, there are, I have seen fans of other clubs look at Ivan Tony and say, well, you know, he was only playing at this level before. Um, is, is he really good enough to go to uh, an Arsenal? Well, Ivan Tony was good enough to score two goals at the Etihad Stadium when Brentford beat Manchester City in November 2022. So I don't really have too many concerns about his ability to do that. Yeah. Didn't he score against Arsenal as well for you as well? He did, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I think his credentials to score goals against the big teams are there. And that's with a Brentford. Um, there is going to be a huge amount of pressure on him, make no mistake, uh, when he runs out for the first time in eight months against Nottingham Forest. If I'm not mistaken, weren't Nottingham Forest the last team he scored against? Uh, his last game was against Liverpool. I don't actually know the last team he scored against. Uh, we played them at home towards the end of the last season. But uh, you might be right, actually, because I think uh, Ivan Tony scored a free kick and Josh De Silva popped up with a last-minute winner. And I'd just spoken to Nick Harris and I think he said the same. So you might be right with that. Hmm. I, I, I just think as far as he's concerned, he has taken his game to another level at every level that he's played and that's always a sign of a good striker. Ollie Watkins is somebody who was at Brentford, made the move to a club where initially he didn't have elite, an elite manager. Now he does. And now you see what he can do. And I think Ivan Tony is a superior striker to Ollie Watkins. I think he gives you more in the air. I think he gives you more in that final third. I think he's got better composure. I think he's got more ability to impose himself at set pieces there are so many positive elements to his game with that in mind darren do you i know i know you talked about england and how he wants to get back to scoring form so that he can feature at the euros do you see him as and i know this might be a, a bold question to ask but do you see him as harry kane's natural successor at england level do you know I, I... I think in English football, we get very, very snobby about players that don't come from the academies of the elite clubs or 
who don't have their footballing education at a Premier League club before moving on to another club or who don't come from a big club abroad. Because if you look at Harry Kane, he has had modest, humble beginnings in championship football before getting into the Premier League. Um, he played non-league. Um, and yet look at where he is now. So there's every reason, or rather there is no reason to suggest that Tony couldn't be Harry Kane's natural successor at that level. What he would need, and that's a difficult thing for Brentford, because obviously for him to find out whether or not he could be, he would need to be playing under more stress, more pressure with higher calibre players in higher pressure situations to be able to know whether he can do that. Because I think that's what Harry Kane did when he was at Spurs, scored for fun in a team that finished eighth last season and he still got over 20 goals um, and is now doing at Bayern Munich where the margins for error are small, particularly given that Bayer Leverkusen are absolutely killing it at the moment and are ahead of Bayern, Bayern Munich in the German league right now. So, yeah, I listen, you will only be able to tell over time, but... I would, given the improvement that Tony's shown so far, I, I can't see why not. I want to ask you a question about the interview with Patrick Davidson, I believe it was, that went out on Sky Sports yesterday. Obviously, you know, these things are edited and they take the key line and then they, they take the key line that they know will get the most engagement. And Patrick asks him about his future and he says, you know, he says something along the lines of, I haven't, he doesn't say outright that he's going to stay in January and he wants to play at a top club. And in terms of Brentford fans, obviously it, it rubs us up the wrong way. I kind of see two sides of the coin. I know that on, on the one hand, he, he knows that he's too good for Brentford and he has aspirations to play at the very top clubs, which I feel every player has their right to express. But on the other hand, with that and some of the things that he's said in the past, kind of turns Brentford into a laughing stock at times. So I just... I wondered what your take on that kind of thing is, having spoken to him and spending that time with him. Um, I think he... I definitely got the sense that going into the weekend, what he wants to do, and going into this second half of the season, what he wants to do is do well for Brentford. I definitely did get that sense. I think as far as that wider question is concerned, it's a very difficult one because sometimes as a player, you either become a politician and say the right things before you move or you tell the truth um, and fans get upset. So I'll give some examples. Harry Kane, when he was at Spurs, he'd played for them for a while. Um, he'd helped them into... The Champions League final got them into the top four, scored goals for fun and helped them to achieve certainly the objective of playing in the elite European club competition. So you couldn't really blame their failings on him because it, then it was incumbent on the club to, to, to buy the players to make his goals mean something and they, and they didn't. And so he gave that interview with Gary Neville on the go, of course, I want to win things. I want to win titles. I want to be playing in the Champions League on a regular basis. He's very open and honest about it. But some fans said, you know what? 
fair enough because he's given us a good good old run. Um, Virgil van Dijk, when he was at Southampton, very similar. Uh, I, I want to play for the big teams in the elite competitions and I want to win trophies. Uh, and some people would say, well, had he stayed, we wouldn't, they as a club wouldn't be where they are. Although, to be fair, they're on a terrific run at the moment. But the point is that sometimes when players are honest, it goes down very badly. And it's almost as if people would want players to be dishonest. Um, but I think that answer around wanting to play for the big clubs, it was a more, more of a bigger picture answer rather than, thank you very much for paying me for the last eight months. Now I, I'm open for to the highest bidder. I'm not. I, I don't feel watching it that that's what he was intending to say. I think he was trying to be very honest about his longer term ambitions. I think what I, I understand. I understand what you're saying, and I think what bugged me was that I think he says, you know, who knows if the right money comes in. But right now, I'm just focused on my football. But he doesn't say at Brentford. <laughs> I think. I think that was like a key thing yeah. that I took away. That it's just that he's focused on scoring goals. If he'd have said, I'm focused on playing football at Brentford. I think I wouldn't have had any problems with what he said. Mm. It's a, and, and it's a weird one, actually, because I, I always work on the basis that I'm a journalist, and so my whole job is information. So I would never, ever say, I don't think X or Y player should talk. I mean, if I start to do that, then you and I were both out of a job. You know, our job <laughs> is to talk. Um, and... and no journalist worth their salt would turn around and say that if you have the opportunity to get someone to talk, that, that you shouldn't pursue it. But in a transfer window, everything an individual footballer says is, particularly one who's as sought after as he is, has got, it's just, it's laced with the potential to either excite people or upset people because people will read different things into it. And, I mean, listen, if he scores a hat-trick at the weekend against Forrest and he gets a chance to do a flash interview afterwards, maybe he will clarify his position and say, listen, I've made no secret about the fact that I want to play at the highest level, but I wasn't intending to say that now Brentford have backed me to this stage, that I want to walk away now, because that's not what I'm intending to do. I'm intending to fight for Brentford. I can't control what happens outside of that. I can only control what I do on the pitch. And that's what I'm trying to do now. You mentioned him potentially scoring a hat-trick on the weekend. Do you back him to pick up where he left off after speaking to him? Yeah, I do, actually. I mean, he's in great shape. Um, he says that he feels lighter than he was when he left. He... Uh, he'll be fresh. I think he probably might be running on fumes in the first couple of games as he tries to get his match fitness back. But four goals in two, um, especially arranged games so far, one against Como, one against Southampton's under-23s. Now, clearly that's not the Premier League, but the fact is that he's not lost that edge. And I think that he's going to be... That, that psychological... That whole psychological edge of him even being available 
is going to be a massive boost to the team. And I think that he will be so hungry to make up for lost time there. And, and of course, Forest are under a little bit of pressure as well. Um, they're not not completely um, out of trouble yet. So they are quite fragile. They wouldn't be where they are if they didn't have the ability or, or they didn't have those sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, those weaknesses and vulnerabilities in their side. And I think Ivan is... He will have dreamed of this game a million years ago. You know, every single night, as he kind of, he would have been looking at soccer base or whatever else the BBC footballist, Daily Mirror football. He'd have been looking everywhere. You know what players say? Oh, I don't read a bit. Of course you do. You read. It. You read it. You know you do. And he would have been dreaming of, of a Saturday afternoon final whistle goes. Brentford two, Brentford three, Forest one, Tony Hattrick, match ball. Thank you very much. He'd have been dreaming about that. And if if he if he does hit the ground running, I'm, and there's still no news of a new contract at Brentford, I'm I'm assuming Matthew Benham and the higher ups are, are trying to tie him down to a new one, knowing that he, there's going to be a line of clubs waiting to pick him up in the summer. I mean, <clears throat> either way, either way, Brentford are going to get a big payday, um, especially if we manage to extend his contract. Where do you see him ending up in the summer, and what do you think is he's worth? Because you mentioned that if he's if he's going to be the natural successor to Harry Kane, or he's going to be mentioned amongst these elite strikers in football, he's going to have to play with the highest caliber of players at the highest level. So, with that in mind, where do you see him ending up, and how much do you think he's worth? Well, before I answer that, can I ask you a question? I, I <laughs> yeah. was a couple of ex pros, and they were. And I was telling him very similar to what I'm telling you about the fact that uh, Ivan feels that he wants to repay uh, Brentford. And they were saying to me, um, and I probably better not name them to be fair to them, but they were saying, (laughs) what does he owe Brentford? And they were telling me about, they were telling me about times when they, their goals uh, or their performances helped their teams to achieve their objectives. And they were saying, you know, I did that for my team. So when somebody else came in, they can't call me disloyal for wanting to go because what do I owe them? You know, they're saying that they gave me the platform. I gave them the performances. I gave them the goals. And that whole concept of he owes us, I was just wondering what what your view was on that. I think he owes us in the sense that when we picked him up, when he was still at Peterborough, he was actually waiting out. We, we tried to sign him in the January transfer window and he was waiting out for a Premier League club to come in. No one came and we ended up signing him in the summer. And Thomas Frank was very, very literal and, and realist about it. He said, you either score loads of goals for us in the Championship and get picked up by a Premier League team or you score loads of goals in the Championship for us and come up with us. So I think in that sense, we, we were not probably not the only club, but we were one of the clubs in the Championship that were willing to, to take a plunge on him. And since the since the whole gambling saga has gone on, we've stuck by him. We've Thomas Frank's been texting him every day. All the players have as well. And we've we've built this like sixteen week training course, which involves the two matches that you spoke about earlier in terms of the prep for the game coming up on Saturday. I do understand where they're coming from. I do understand where they're coming from. It's kind of like a transactional process. You know, we we pay this money for you. You return us with goals. He doesn't really owe us anything. But I feel like. In the sense that we've we've given him this platform that 
he is now spoken about amongst the best strikers in the world. If no one had taken the, the risk on him at the start, then he wouldn't be in that situation, if you understand. I, I hear what you're saying. And with that in mind, and I am, I promise you, you've got me on, so I should be answering your questions, but I'm just very interested to know from you, your good self. It's January the 22nd, so next Monday, and you get and, and you get a bid from Chelsea. And Chelsea say, we will give you £80 million pounds plus Armando Broya. And you can have your pick of... Sorry, that's probably not a particularly good deal. I'm sounding, so I can't do my maths here. We'll give you <laughs> £60 million, pounds, £65 million, pounds, to be fair. £65 million pounds and Armando Broya. And you can have your pick of one other midfielder from our promising players. You're taking it? No, I'm not taking it at the moment with the situation that we're in. I think Premier League survival is more valuable in the long term when compared with the £60 million and a Chelsea midfielder who may or may not end up working out for the club. Given that, oh, if you'd have asked me... if Brian would score goals, though. He would score goals. But if you'd have asked me a couple of months ago, I would have said yes. I, I was I was one of the people saying if, if we get a big offer for Tony, we should take it now whilst we can and whilst mm. the price will be at its highest. But given the situation we're in now, there needs to be a weighing up of the longer term consequences of selling or keeping Ivan Tony. And in my opinion, keeping him now and guarantee oh, no, I don't want to say guaranteeing, but really giving yourself a good chance of survival. I think is more valuable in terms of the money that you get if you stay up and the kind of the pat i don't you don't want to become a yo-yo club and brighton and brentford are kind of make breaking the trend in the sense that teams that come up from the championship your watfords and your west broms and and your fulhams and teams like that they go up and down up and down brighton and brentford are breaking that trend and by staying in the premier league i think that would be it would be so valuable so i would happily keep them until the end of the season knock 20 million or 30 million or whatever it is off the price that someone's going to pay for him, but secure Premier League survival. Do you think that, that all right, so I tell you what, I won't ask anymore. I'll ask that question because <laughs> I, I am very interested in your, your perspective on this as a Brentford fan and somebody who can really gauge the, 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 the feelings of the Brentford fan base, but I'll do my job. Um, how much is realistic for Ivan? The problem that you have now is that if you were to sell him in this window, you would likely get around, you, you could command nine figures. And given the problems that Chelsea have in front of goal, that Man United have in front of goal, that West Ham have in front of goal, that Arsenal have in front of goal, they all would have to see can we do our sums? Can we stay within FFP? Can we maybe sacrifice one or two players to make this work? They would all have to be able to come up with something that could hit that magic number um, or as close as possible. If he doesn't move in this window, then you go to the summer where he could feasibly say, look, 
I, 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 I've been honest. I've helped you survive relegation. Let's let's go with that scenario. I've helped you survive relegation, um, and I've scored ten goals. I've gone to the Euros. Uh, now I'm back. I am interested in going to a bigger club. If I sign a new deal, that would make the price even more prohibitive for those big clubs. So I, I'm with the best will in the world. I'm not going to sign a new deal. Very Harry Kane type of thing. And then you've got the possibility of selling him cut price or worse still, him running down his contract and then leaving on a pre-contract, maybe to an even bigger club next year. So really the dilemma is with Brentford. The, 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 the best scenario potentially for Brentford could be the a situation where he comes back great form scores goals gives you a bit of breathing space someone comes in with a big offer and suddenly the five million pounds that you paid peter ball for him in 2020 you've got 20 times that amount to be able to bring in a replacement taking you forward who is the replacement though, Darren? That's a very good question. But look, you know who I like? I like Carlton Morris at Luton. I think he's a good player. Um, I think there are one or two championship strikers who could potentially make the jump um, and score goals. And, and, and also, you know, Given the scenario that Brentford are in and the situation surrounding Ivan, I'm really surprised. I'm sorry. I would be really surprised if Brentford didn't have a list of, say, four or five strikers that they would move down if that scenario were to come about. That, that literally is the job of the recruitment department, to have a plan B and a plan C and a plan D and a plan E. Um, because the scenario, the, the, the possibility of one of the big clubs coming in in this window and saying, do you know what? We want to buy Ivan. It's real. It, it, it is very real. If Arsenal don't score goals against Palace at this weekend, or even if they're held by Palace this weekend, or worse still, if they're beaten, then the noise around whether or not they should move for Ivan, regardless of what we think, will get even louder. Chelsea as well. I mean, Chelsea in the final third are horrendous. And the problem they have is that they can't afford to gamble on another strike from outside the Premier League because that player might be hit or miss. But what they could do feasibly, and have done as we know, is pay nine figures for a player who operates in the Premier League already, and again, they are a club that could say, look, what about this player? What about that player? We got them coming out of our ears. Um, the fascinating one for me is Manchester United because I, I have no idea anymore what they are. Um, but what I do know is that they have money. So could they come into the mix as well? I don't think West Ham, even though they need desperately need a striker, they can't compete at the level that the other three clubs are competing at. Um, 
and I don't think Spurs come into it because even though Postacoglu wants a new striker, Tony wants to go to a club where he's going to play and he would be rotated with Richarlison at Spurs. So that's not going to... And then when Son comes back, if they want to keep Werner or Brennan Johnson on the left and they play Son up top and Richarlison would go to the bench. So I think they'd, they'd be well-stocked Spurs. But the other four clubs... Oh, I haven't even mentioned Aston Villa. They're in a great position at the moment. If they were to really be ambitious and say, look, we're within striking distance, let's push the boat out and go for it. We're in three competitions. If he gets injured, Ollie Watkins in any one of the competitions we're playing in, we're up the creek. Can we wait, make a move, give Brentford something to think about? So there's options there. And I, like I said before, I'd just be very surprised if Brentford didn't turn around and say, do you know what? We've got to, just like Brighton do, Brighton, every time Brighton lose a player, they go away, they bring in someone else. Um, and everyone remarks on them having a conveyor belt and a fantastic recruitment structure. No, it's just planning. And I, I think Brentford would have that too. I, so it sounds like in, in the scenario that you presented me, you would you would take the money now. And I, the thing is, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm not confident that if we took the money for Tony now, with the injury crisis that we have and with key players out, that we could bring someone in that would guarantee us Premier League survival. And the only player who would almost, almost com completely guarantee Premier League survival is Ivan Tony coming back with a multitude of players that we have coming back a little on later on down the line. So I think we might disagree on that, but it'll be interesting to see what people think in the comments because I, I think there's going to be some differences of opinion. I know Brentford fans who would like to get shot of him just because of what he said about the club in the past and yeah. his attitude. Honestly, I, I, the, the, that, that, all of that is crazy. Players do daft things. Players say daft things. I, I, you know, and, and, and things that... <laughs> really, what you want for a player is to do the business when he goes to work on, the, on a Saturday, Sunday... Or a Wednesday. That that's what you want from a footballer, and that's what he's been doing to, over the past three years. The other thing I was going to say is that so much has been said about his goal saving Brentford from relegation. Actually, it's your defence that's going to save you from relegation. And I'm looking at some of the defending in some of the games and the organisation that I'd become used to seeing at Brentford, and it's not there at the moment. So he could come back and he could score a hat trick, but if defence is letting in four goals, then what do you do about that? And I think that's, for him and his performances to mean something, Brentford also have to improve in other areas of the pitch. 100% agreed. Darren, I don't, I don't want to keep you too much longer, but that, that was really enjoyable. I think a, a lot of people will be excited to see this one released. The Eden Road podcast will be back <laughs> next week to go over the Forest result and also look ahead to Spurs away at the end of the month. And just before we go, guys, remember to comment down below what I... As I just said, comment down below. Let us know what you think of uh, Darren's comments on Ivan, on how excited you are for Ivan's return on Saturday against Forest, and just any Ivan Tony opinions, throw them out there and we'll do our best to reply in the comments. Subscribe to the YouTube and Spotify channels and also give us a follow on our socials at, at the Eden Road on Twitter and at Eden Road Pod on Instagram. Darren, thank you very much, sir. Been an absolute pleasure. And uh, yeah, take care. Thank you very much indeed. Really pleasure to join you. Good luck for the weekend.
Sports Social Podcast Network.